Well, here we are. The original cast is having its very first live show at the first ever Flying V Awesomeathon, and you're not sure if you're coming. I don't know why you're not sure. Maybe you're just indecisive by nature. But I don't know what more to tell you, frankly. There's a 24-hour live fundraiser for Flying V Theater, and the original cast is going to be a part of it. And frankly, I don't know. I'm a little offended that you're sort of on the fence about it. I mean, it's at 4805 Edgemore Lane in Bethesda, Maryland at the Bethesda Chevy Chase Building and Flying V Theater's offices. And December 10th at 4.30, it's pay what you can. It's a fundraiser. Pay at the door. Pay what you can. I mean, you can't reserve tickets in advance. I understand that may be problematic for you. But, you know, it's, it's, it's more than that. It's... It's an experience, and it's it's something you want to be a part of. You know, we're, we're going to be there. With It's, it's going to be me, first of all. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be on the stage right there in front of you, live. You're going to see what I look like. I'll probably be wearing a sweater vest just because that's kind of what I wear this time of year. I'm going to be up there on stage with the entire creative team behind the Flying V hit musical, You or Whatever I Can Get. I'm talking Jason Schlafstein. I'm talking Doug Wilder. You may say, is Vaughn Irving going to be there? I mean, I know he's in New Mexico. He will be there. How is he going to be there? I'm not going to tell you, but he's going to be there. And I don't want to hear about this, uh, you know, I live too far away nonsense. You know, if you, if you live in, in, you know, Charlottesville, Virginia, Altoona, Pennsylvania, or, or the town of Princeton in New Jersey, you are only three hours away from this event. Just three hours in a car. Just get in the car. Drive three hours and you'll be there. You'll be at the Flying V Awesomeathon, December 10th. 4.30 p.m. to see the original cast live on stage. They'll be singing. There might be dancing. I'm, I'm really, I'm not going to promise that. There will certainly be movement. You know, people won't just sit and sing. There'll, there'll be movement. But, you know, you come and you see the show. And, 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 and I have a couple other things going on that day. You could, you could spend the whole day there. If you go to unknownpenguin.com slash live, you can see all the stuff that I'm doing at the Flying V Awesomeathon. So, again, original cast, live, on stage, December 10th. 4.30 p.m., Bethesda Chevy Chase Building, 4805 Edgemore Lane in Bethesda, Maryland. Pay what you can. Fundraiser. No advance sales. UnknownPenguin.com slash live. Just be there. Please? Whenever my world falls apart, I never lose hope or lose heart. Whatever the form of the storm that may brew, not with you to lean on. Hello and welcome to The Original Cast, a podcast about original cast albums and the people who love them. I'm Patrick Flynn, playwright, filmmaker, and professor of communications at American University. When Sophie Schulman was here talking about Funny Girl, we got into a discussion about routines our parents would trot us out to perform whenever company was over. And, in retrospect, how wildly inappropriate some of those routines were. We joined the conversation already in progress. Yeah, but the movie is very sad. It reminds me a little bit of showboat in its sadness because mm. it's the same gambling struggles and then they well, split, true. then they split up it, it it is missing the the vital uh racist component. Sure. I just meant that aspect that show- of the story I'm sorry when you say sh- <laughs> when you say showboat to me I'm like oh okay yeah you know like, I get right, it but the but- central love story is about this couple, and then there's gambling, and then they split up. Although, in Showboat, they get back together. So it's oh, God, it's been so long since I've seen Showboat. I'm just now yeah. realizing. I saw the um, I saw the Hal Prince revival, but I saw it in Chicago. I didn't see it in New York, but that production. So whichever. Because there's also like nine versions of Showboat. Yeah. You can see. They keep changing it. That's um, another one of my childhood favorites. Is I'm, Showboat? Yeah. Weird, but true. Wow. My mom loves it. 
And I mean, it's a great show. Don't don't get me wrong. It, it is a really weirdest, great show. I mean, the song I used to sing for like company when my parents were like, sing something, was um, "There's a Small Hotel." There's a small hotel with a wishing well. I wish that we. I chose it myself. Okay, I, I feel I almost should take a selfie of myself right there because I think that. <laughs> I chose this song. Well, you would. If your parents said you have to sing Small Hotel, that's a little like. I mean, no, like, that would be creepy. If they yes. picked it for you. And it is about a couple like going to a hotel. Yeah, I know what it's about. And I've heard the song. Yeah. <laughs> How old a, were you? It's a beautiful, I don't know, eight. It's, okay. It's a great song. I had no idea what I was well, singing. Well, of course not. That's why they let you sing it. If you'd known what you right. were singing about, it, it would not it would and, have ceased uh, to be cute. And Baby Beluga. Baby Beluga. Baby Beluga. Is the water warm? Is your mama home with you? So happy. Way down yonder where the dolphins play. Where you dive and splash all day Waves roll in and the waves roll out See the water squirting out of your spout Those are like <laughs> I knew every verse That'd be a great single. Them. You should put that out as a single. A-side, small <laughs> hotel, B-side, baby beluga. <laughs> Who is this for? Nobody. This is literally this for is nobody. for me. Yeah, I don't know. I had really weird songs I loved. I loved... Um, Lost in the stars. Before Lord God made the sea and the land, he held all the stars in the palm of his hand, and they ran through his fingers like grains of sand. And one little star fell alone. Like, I don't know oh, why a sweet I song. gravitated but, uh, towards these, like, sort of grandiose... Well, but it's funny. That, but, but those are the songs that... But they're good. Oh, they're great I mean, this songs. is the thing is you're touching on is they're good songs. Like, who... And also, who wants to see a damn girl come out and sing Good Ship Lollipop for the nine millionth sure, time? Sure, but, like, why... I was so weird. Like, why wasn't I attracted to... I, okay, I, well, The well, other show I really loved was Ruthless. Hmm. Okay. Which, like, I get in the sound of it, because it sounds like Good Ship Lollipop, but right. it is a parody right. of Gypsy. <laughs> okay, true. Super weird. Super weird. But, like, well, to, like what you were saying, so you're eight, and you're trotted out to sing Small Hotel, sure. which, I mean, to be also fair to your parents, no one's listening to the lyrics when you're singing. Right. Like, they're just like, oh, my God. I was trotted out to do Woody Allen's stand-up routines, because that's what I would do. And I could do all of them. Now, the ones I did weren't the more racy ones. Like, the ones I did for company were, like, the moose. I shot a moose once. I was hunting upstate New York. And I shot a moose. And I strap him onto the fender of my car. And I'm driving home along the West Side Highway. But what I didn't realize was that the bullet did not penetrate the moose. It just creased his scalp, knocking him unconscious. And I'm driving through the Holland Tunnel. And the moose woke up. 
So I'm driving with a live moose on my fender. And the moose is signaling for a turn, you know? And there's a law in New York State against driving with a conscious moose on your fender Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. That was what I was brought out, I was trotted out to do. Doing my Woody Allen accent at the age of eight. Course. I mean, because that's how you do it. Um, and like Bill Cosby routines and stuff, which are just so like not. I was a huge Cosby fan. Not a, yeah, weren't I, we all? <laughs> until yeah, until now. Uh huh. Um, uh, my family is very anti Woody Allen and always has been. So. Really? Yeah. As a Jewish home, it's very unusual. But my mother, I don't know about my dad. My mom has always been creeped out by him. Hmm. Like. Well, I mean, fair. Yeah, and now even more so. But yes. Really. Yes. And wow. I, too, have a very hard time separating. I'm only so surprised by that because of how show businessy you say your parents were. Show business, like, so much savvy, I should yes, say. Yes, they do appreciate the Right, that theater. it's funny that, or just, or just theater, but like theater, yeah. film in yeah. general, to be so, and yeah, I mean, not to be stereotypical. It is un, Jewish. It, it is, is unusual weird. to find it, yeah. Yeah, no, they, my mom can't watch him at all. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. And I can't really either. It's... It's because it's not just him. It's that you can see him play out his fantasies well, that's in every the way, single film. That's the way I feel certainly about, I mean, okay, we're going to talk about Woody Allen. We'll talk about Woody Allen. I, I, I am, I was the world's biggest Woody Allen fan. Sure. And I do own all of his movies, not all of his movies, but a lot, I mean, most of his movies. Certainly all of his movies up through like, I kind of take the Julie Klausner tack. I don't know if you know her. But she sort of says she can watch any Woody Allen movie before 1992, which is when he split up with Mia Farrow to be with yes. Sun Yi. Like, that's her line. She can watch anything before that. Everything after that is corrupted for her. And I'm I'm not exactly – the more time passes, though, I, I join that because yeah. of that thing. Like, I'm, I'm sort of – you are watching him play out his fantasies. The worst is – have you seen that one? He's not even in it. But he directed that film with Evan Rachel Wood – and um, Larry David. And oh, whatever works. Yeah. Yeah, that's super. Uh, yeah. Like what? It's very bizarre. What? Yeah. I mean, okay, put aside the fact that like he's a million years older than her. Mm-hmm. Let's even just put that away. Mm-hmm. He's playing Larry David. Right. Not a very likable man. And she's this like country bumpkin, beautiful 22 year old. Mm-hmm. It's, I can't. Well, it, it, there is the thing of in his movies that people fall in love with him specifically yeah. for no reason. No reason. And also, he falls in love with them for no reason. I mean, one of my favorite films of his is Manhattan, which does, of course, have him being involved with a 17-year-old girl. So, you know, should have seen some warning signs there. Sure. But that aside, it... it it is he when he falls in he he meets Diane Keaton in that film he hates Diane Keaton in that film mm-hmm. and then they kind of get together and it makes sense sort of because he takes his time with it like he right. does it kind of creatively but then as he got older he definitely got sloppier in that sort of thing and he keeps hitting those same beats he also there's a great supercut online of every time in any of his movies the characters say making love because <laughs> nobody says has sex and they, they always say making love. And you realize, like, how outdated that yeah. that phrase yeah. is. Because in the early movies, you're like, okay, like, all right, yeah. you're And then it gets up to, times. like, 2000, and Christina Ricci yeah, says like, it to Jason uh, Jason Biggs, and you're just like, nope, no, that yeah. is not something anyone ever says ever yeah. at any point anymore. Oh, dear. But he also, 
like Barbra Streisand, and like a lot of people who get very famous and very rich, because I feel that one of his things is like he always wanted to be able to withdraw from society. Mm-hmm. And he finally made enough money where that was possible. He didn't have to go on the road and do stand-up anymore. He didn't have to do talk shows anymore. Like, he could just get his movies made and he didn't have to go on the world. It has really destroyed his creativity because he is not in the world anymore, experiencing things, meeting new people. And that's where these things happen that make art inspiring and make art that's interesting. I feel that way about David Mamet, too that there was a point where Mamet kind of walled himself off from the world and decided this is what I believe in and this is who I am. And his you can see a noticeable like yeah. dip in the quality of his work. Some people would say it was never there. I, I, I like David Mamet a lot. <laughs> I liked but, uh, my mom's best friend, who's the whose dad was the president of William Morris, mm-hmm. her mother was like a very society lady. And so she ate at the Russian Tea Room Ooh. every week. And yeah, so did Woody, Woody Allen. Allen. Yeah. So... They kind of knew each other. Mm-hmm. And so one time, Andrea, my mom's best friend, was there with her husband. And they went over and said hello to Woody Allen. And her mother said, this is my daughter, Andrea. And this is her husband. He's a doctor. And Andrea got very embarrassed. And so she was, like, <laughs> gripping Bob's right. leg. And Woody said, it's okay. My mom does the same. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty good. The original cast was recorded at the Media Production Center at American University. Special thanks to Tom Fish, Jeffrey Madison, Imani Mular, and the tireless staff of students who run the front desk. Follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook at OriginalCastPod. You can follow me, Patrick Flynn, on Twitter at UnknownPenguin. You can email us at OriginalCastPod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Subscribe to the original cast on iTunes, and while you're there, please give us a comment and a rating so other people can find the show. My thanks to Sophie Schulman for coming down and talking to me. I'm Patrick Flynn, and I can't. I have rehearsal. Ah!